Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, believers, non believers, and everyone in between. You're listening to Stories with Sapphire. I am Sapphire Sandalo. Now get cozy and open your mind because it's story time. This episode is about death. Just a warning if you're not in a headspace for those kinds of stories right now. On September 5th, 2021, I said goodbye to my dog, Zisu. The vet came to our home and we went out to her yard. I held Zisu in my lap. He was calm from the first injection. The vet came over and I watched as she inserted a syringe into his leg. And the moment she pulled it out, I felt this strange, warm rush come over me, like something passing through my chest. The vet placed her stethoscope on his chest, turned to me, and said she was very sorry for my loss. I had heard stories of people feeling the souls of their loved ones as they leave their bodies. I think that's what that sensation was. I've been fortunate enough to have only experienced this transition from life to death once, but I know that it looks differently to other people. That's what today's episode is about. The many ways the moment of death appears to us, whether peaceful or horrifying. First, I narrate the experience of a man and his aunts who all saw the same face of death. Next, I tell the tale of a grandfather who saw death come for him in the form of a woman. Then, I recount the times a woman saw dead people in her dreams. And finally, I tell the tale of someone who died in their sleep and came back. Chapter 1. Death's Face. Submitted by Michael. Hello, Sapphire. I wanted to first of all say that I love your podcast dearly. My father was a policeman. He taught me everything about science, forensics, that all things in the world can be proven by observation and gathering of evidence. As for the paranormal, I have heard and seen a few things in my life. I have always been on the borderline of believing and being a skeptic. Right now, I have to say I am a believer. I do, however, still believe in science. The reason I am writing to you is that I believe 
I saw death. Yes, the personification of the being or entity that people refer to as death, a.k.a. the Grim Reaper. Back in 2015, my Aunt Amelia took ill. Her doctor gave her some medications to help her get better. She didn't. In fact, she got gravely worse. At first, she had problems walking. She would stand up to move about, and then she would fall. This happened for a few months. Then the weakness came in. She could still talk, eat, and do everything except walk. A few months went by, and her body started failing. She was bedridden. By 2016, she couldn't feed herself. She had to be fed like a child. The entire year, her health declined to the point where her body looked like a skeleton. She had to have IVs, and her doctor and nurses could not explain what had happened. They gave their prognosis. She wasn't going to live too much longer. We were all heartbroken. We would go visit her and sit at her bedside. Now and then she'd wake up and say hi to us. We'd talk with her. She'd ask how everything was and how everyone was doing. Then she'd pass out from exhaustion. The entire year went by and she kept on fighting. She would not die. We figured that she was fighting death and trying to live because she was in her 60s, not that old. The nurses that would come check on her said that there was a reason she was fighting and staying alive, that maybe there was something she needed to do, see, or say. We had no clue what, though. We thought maybe she wanted to see her new grandchild that had been born a few months before. We laid the baby next to her, and my aunt cried of happiness but she was still with us even after that. Then one day, we went to visit her, and this is where it got scary, Sapphire. She opened her eyes and greeted us. She then asked, Who is that man sitting next to you? We were all perplexed. Her daughter, my cousin, said that she was just hallucinating, that the nurse said so, so we just ignored it. In the following days, every time we visited, the only thing she would say to us was that she was afraid of the man. Then, one day, she said, without emotion, The man is here for me. He's here to take me away. I was now freaked out beyond belief. When I left the hospital, I talked with a friend about it. My friend said, It's probably the good Lord there with her, trying to take her with him, but she's afraid— because she doesn't know who he is. I had my reservations. January 2017 came. My aunt passed away. We had her funeral, and my family and I hope she's at peace. A few years go by. It's 2020. COVID had hit big time. I worked at our town hospital as a floor tech. I knew how to avoid COVID, and I did for a year. My nephew, who was staying with us, went to a New Year's party, caught the virus, and spread it to me and my mom. All three of us had it. My nephew had a monstrous cough. My mom only got a runny nose and sneezed nonstop. Me? It almost killed. I was bedridden in my own home, in my room. Because my nephew had COVID before me and my mom, he got better right away. He took care of us. He'd go buy us lemons, juices, Powerade soups, etc. On the eighth day of my illness, which was also the worst, I was asleep. I heard a huge thunderclap, which woke me up. My room was dark 
I looked at my clock. It was 5 a.m. I was so thirsty. I had like 10 Powerades on the floor next to my bed and nightstand. I rolled over to turn on the light to drink some. And when I turned on the light, there was a figure kneeling next to my bed staring at me. It looked like a cross between that character Darth Maul from the Star Wars movies and that red-faced demon from the Insidious movie. The difference was that instead of red markings, the markings were white. The two characters I mentioned always made mean or evil-looking faces. The thing that was looking at me was not making any facial expressions. It wasn't angry or happy, it was just looking at me. Its eyes, the pupils, were pure white. It did have a shroud or cloak around it, but it didn't reflect any light, and the black on this figure was solid matte, and even the face didn't have any light reflecting from it. We just stared at each other. I thought, this was what my aunt had seen those few years back. And then I thought, this is it. I'm dead. I laid back down, rolled over to face the wall, and in my mind, I said, go on, take me. I closed my eyes and fell asleep. Of course I woke up or I wouldn't be writing this. My nephew and mom came in to check up on me and see if I needed anything. I asked them if the thunderstorm had passed or if it was still raining. They looked at each other and told me that it was bright and sunny outside and that there hadn't been any rain or storms, and that there weren't any in the forecast. I asked them about the thunder from early morning that woke me up. They told me that there wasn't any thunder. I told them about the person I saw. They didn't believe me. They thought I had dreamt it or hallucinated it. I didn't. It was real. I got better. I still have a heart problem because of COVID, but other than that, I recovered. During that same year, my other aunt was diagnosed with cancer. She had to stay at a nursing home because she was single with no kids and we couldn't take care of her 24-7 like she needed. After five months of chemotherapy treatment, her cancer went away and she finally got to return home. Then, in 2021, her cancer came back. It came back even more aggressively and it made her so ill that we had to put her back in the nursing home. This time, the doctors said that the cancer was too aggressive and that the chemotherapy wouldn't work. We would go visit her, and the pain of seeing her waste away was the worst. During one visit, we were sitting there at her bedside. She woke up and smiled upon seeing us. We talked a bit, and she turned to her side, looking at an empty space, and asked, Who is that? And in what I would describe as a defeated look, she followed by saying, oh, and went back to sleep. This is when it hit me hard. I knew what she saw. I couldn't see it this time, but I knew it was there, watching her. She passed away a day later. My entire life, I often wondered why people have chosen to give death the image of what is known as the Grim Reaper, but why? Did someone somewhere have a near-death experience and see this skeletal entity with a black robe and scythe? I've looked online for people sharing similar experiences like I had, but I found none. 
The entity I saw had no scythe. It did have what seemed to be a robe. Since it was kneeling, and I have tried to more or less judge what height it had, I would say it was around 5 foot 10, but I'm just guessing there. This is what I experienced, Sapphire. Everyone in my family thinks I imagined or hallucinated this or dreamt it. It was none of those things. It was real. It happened. I believe my two aunts saw it. I'm sure of it. According to Encyclopedia Britannica, the popular image of the Grim Reaper originated sometime in Europe in the 14th century, when a third of the population was wiped out from the plague. It was composed of a skeleton, black robes that religious figures wore for funerary services, and a scythe commonly used for harvesting crops. This image was very specific to that time period. And what I find interesting, Michael, is that you had a much more contemporary reference point, Darth Maul and the Insidious Demon. The spirit world customizes its messages to us in a way that makes sense to us. So maybe back then, people were seeing a scythe-wielding robed skeleton when death was near. But because those symbols don't resonate with our modern sensibilities, people like you and your family see something else. Chapter 2. Death is a Woman. Submitted by Jackie. My grandfather came to visit us from Mexico in the summer. He was getting surgery to help him breathe better, and he was staying with my aunt until he recovered. He was stuck in a wheelchair and too weak to walk, but he still had a very positive attitude most of the time. I loved my grandpa. We would bond over his scary experiences with brujas in Mexico— he didn't visit often, so I really savored the time we had while he was recovering. He also really enjoyed staying at my aunt's house because of all the animals she had. They reminded him of his ranch. My aunt had three dogs, two cats, even a sweet little green bird. Its name was Kiko. It was very pretty, especially its blue cheeks. And very loud. My aunt placed Kiko's cage on a shelf next to the window. Every time I came through the door, Kiko would be squawking up a storm. And when I would talk with my grandpa, it would sometimes interrupt him mid-sentence. Whenever it did, we would just turn towards each other and laugh. One day, my grandfather was awoken all of a sudden. He was paralyzed. There was a figure standing by the window. He described it as a skeletal figure, but he made it out as a woman. Her hair was in patches, and you could see her dry, almost burnt-looking scalp, her shoulder bones peeking from under the skin. She looked like she was about to fall over. My grandfather was sitting down, shocked. What was he supposed to do? He was too scared to move. Even if he wanted to, he couldn't call anyone because he was home alone. Minutes passed, and all he could do was stare at her hoping he would wake up or she would just disappear. After what seemed like an hour, he tried to speak. What do, you, what do you want? The second his words left his mouth, the figure quickly turned to him. Her face was so sunken in. She looked dead. 
Her jaw was wide open, too open to be normal or human. She had no lips, her teeth were sticking out, she had no brows, and her eyes were the worst part. They had nearly no color. They were just two dark pupils. My grandfather was silent. He looked at the figure for another hour. Then, the figure slowly walked up to the shelf where the bird was, its smile widening with an already wide jaw. Her hands touched the birdcage, and then she turned to look at my grandfather and slowly started to walk to him. My grandfather's heart was pounding while the skeletal figure crept closer and closer to him. With every step, he could see more and more of her wrinkles with her sunken in face and those dark pupil eyes widened. He was frozen and couldn't move. Right when the figure was two inches from his face, her hand reached out for him. All of a sudden, my grandfather gained a burst of courage and started to shout at the figure as loud as he could, cursing at it, calling for help and cursing at it again. The figure only two inches from his face. The figure started to growl at my grandfather, but that didn't stop my grandpa from cursing at it. Eventually, the figure stopped reaching for him, stood up straight, and walked away. She walked behind him, out of my grandpa's line of vision where he couldn't turn to see her. Was she gone? He couldn't tell. Then he blacked out. He was then awoken by my cousin coming in through the door. He was filled with relief, knowing that it was all a dream. My cousin walked over to my grandpa, gave him a hug, and he hugged her back, happy to see her. Then they both realized something felt wrong. The house was quiet. Unusually quiet. Kiko was no longer chirping. My cousin went over to the cage. What's wrong, sweetie? What do you see? My grandpa asked. Kiko died. It's on its back. There's foam coming out of its mouth. Poor thing. My cousin replied. My grandfather was filled with sadness and then goosebumps when he remembered that the figure touched the cage. He realized that wasn't just an ordinary woman or some sort of ghost but death itself. And it was right in front of him. This take might be upsetting, but I think this is what happened. This figure came with the intent of taking Grandpa's life. She probably sensed how weak he was. But then Grandpa showed her he was still strong enough to fight for his life. And because she had already taken Kiko, she saw that as an acceptable sacrifice and let Grandpa be for now. If it weren't for Kiko, I don't think Grandpa would have woken up. The stories continue after the break. Do you love stories of the strange and unexplained? If you're listening to my show, I know that you do. So you definitely need to add Jim Harold's Campfire to your podcast rotation. It's one of the OG paranormal podcasts. Jim actually published his 600th episode recently. And there's a reason it's been around so long. For 90 minutes every week, Jim captures the very essence of telling stories around a campfire with real people sharing their true spooky stories in their own words. 
words. There's no exaggerations or creepy music. The stories speak for themselves, like stories about a haunted hitchhiker, a woman who found a ghost in her bed, and even my own personal tales, which I shared with Jim not long ago. Whether scary or heartwarming, they are all fascinating and true. So do me a personal favor and tune into Jim Harold's Campfire on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to Stories with Sapphire. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now, the stories continue. Chapter 3. Death in My Dreams. Submitted by Heather. Hey, Sapphire. First, I want to say that I love the podcast. I saw you on Paranormal Con on camera and had to give your show a listen. I heard the episode about the dream someone had, and it just made me think of mine, and I thought I'd share it. But first, you need a little backstory. I had a friend we'll call Hal, who was in the military and getting ready to deploy. It was not his first deployment. One night, he called me very late, and when I answered, the first thing he said was, I'm not coming home this time. I could tell he'd been drinking, so I told him he was being silly. He was going to come home. It's just the alcohol getting to him. He insisted, telling me, no, something's going to happen to my guys and I'm not coming home. Since he was so insistent on this, I made him promise me that if anything happened to him, someone would let me know. He promised. Then he sang me one of our inside joke songs changing the words slightly to make me laugh. Fast forward to my dream. I dreamt that I was in an airport. I was walking from the plane to the airport in that little catwalk hallway that connects the plane to the gate. Once I got into the airport, I saw Hal sitting down, and when he saw me, he came over. We hugged and made small talk. I can't remember what we talked about. He looked behind him and then turned to me and said, I have to go now, but I want you to know I'm okay. And then I woke up. A few days later, I got a message on MySpace, yes, I'm that old, from a person I didn't know. She was telling me about how she went to school with Hal and how much he would be missed. I was confused as to why he would be missed. But then that conversation we had came back to me about him not coming home. So I told my boyfriend at the time that I think something happened to Hal. We looked it up, and sure enough, on January 20th, 2006, my best friend was killed in action. I remember shortly after he died, there was a day where I had been thinking about him and missing him. 
Out of nowhere, I received a video from a different friend who was also named Hal. The video was of him singing me and the other Hal's inside joke song. It was crazy. I called the friend who sent the video and told him. So that wasn't the only significant dream I've had. When a family member passes, I have one dream of them. After that one dream, I never have dreams of them again. It doesn't always happen as soon as they pass. For example, my uncle passed away in March of this year. I had his dream in October. His dream was a bit disturbing. In the dream, he couldn't talk, but he was pointing at things, and I knew exactly what he was trying to say. I asked him what he was doing in this room with two doors. One door was like a normal door on the wall, and the other was on the floor. He pointed to the door on the wall, and I knew that when he opened it, it would take him back to where he was. He pointed to the door on the floor and shook his head, terrified. I knew that when he opened that door, it was a door to hell. Then I heard beeping, like a machine at the hospital. I followed the sound down a hallway to a bedroom where I found my aunt, my uncle's second wife, who passed away years ago. The machine showed she was flatlining. I woke her up and I told her that my uncle was stuck and I explained the doors to her. She told me we needed to help him. That's when I woke up. I said a prayer for my uncle. I called my sister and told her about the dream. My sister and uncle were really close and she was with him when he passed. She told me at one point he asked her who the man at the end of the bed was. There was no one there and my sister told him that. She said he then grabbed her arm really hard and told her that he was scared. My sister reminded him that he accepted Jesus into his heart and he wasn't going to hell. When I told her my dream, she said a prayer too. I didn't tell anyone else in my family because I didn't want to freak them out. When we dream, our brain is in what's called a theta state. In our waking life, it's like when we're on autopilot. And according to NHAHealth.com, the theta state is when we are the most intuitive. We don't censor or shame the thoughts that come through in this state. So with that in mind, it would make sense that spirit communication occurs in our dreams because we don't have our rational mind in the way trying to over-explain. We simply receive. Heather seems to be particularly tuned in to the frequency at which death occurs. Chapter 4. I Know I Died. Submitted by Nicholas. Hi, Sapphire. I have dealt with a lot of weird situations in my life. You asked if anyone else has ever died in their dreams. Well, I have died plenty of times in my dreams. But there was a time I know I died in real life while I was sleeping. Though, being me, I somehow managed to pull myself back to life. So here's the dream. I remember being in Glen Flora. Somehow I ended up there. I remember having trouble standing, like I was on a hill that was too slanted. I finally got my footing and asked myself, how could that even happen, as the ground was stable? I started walking around, did not really see anyone except two people. I started to wonder if the town had become abandoned, which gave me this eerie feeling. So I went to grab my phone and realized it was missing. My wallet was there, but that was it. 
I was like, oh my God, I'm so effed. I started to get hopeless. I started wondering, why am I here? Why did they just abandon me here? Then I started thinking about Alex and how he was going to react to this situation. I heard his voice saying, hello? I was like, Alex, I need your help. I'm stuck in Glen Flora. My phone is dead and missing, and I have no clue how I got here. He responded, how are you calling me if your phone's dead? I told him that I just thought about him, and he responded. He told me to go to some place and go downstairs to this room. He told me that he'll be there soon. As I entered this room, I noticed it was filled with all this computer equipment, hard drives, surveillance equipment, documents, and books. There was one of those metal divider rails used at some theme parks and concerts to separate lines. There was a huge pile of black garbage bags. Behind it all was an exit door to somewhere. So now you have an idea of what I was seeing. I found it strange that all of this would be here, but I didn't question it. However, I decided to investigate the computer. I found a bunch of names along with symbols that I did not recognize. For some reason, I decided I better grab everything on the desk so I can go through it later. I found some garbage bags that were not used. Then I started to put the hard drives and documents in there. That was when I heard my brother John say, Hey Nick, what are you doing? I took a quick glance and saw him standing by a couch along with some guy that I did not recognize. I responded, I'm just putting everything in a bag and waiting for Alex. He asked me, how long will he be? I told him, Alex will be here shortly. He said, Nick, we must go now. I told him, I'm not going anywhere. I must finish putting this away and I'm waiting for Alex. John then told me, Nick, it is your time. You must come with me. I looked at him and said, John, I'm not going anywhere until I finish this. How are you even here? You're dead. He just laughed as he would have in real life. He just told me again, it is your time. You must come with us. I sternly told him, I'm not going anywhere. I know you are dead, and I know what that means for me if I come with you. I'm going to keep waiting for Alex. John's facial expression was more of a frown at this point. He just sighed, and they both walked away. I finished putting everything I could into the bag. All I had left was to unplug the computer and put that inside. As soon as I unplugged it, I woke up. I was severely gasping for breath, extremely dehydrated. My head was pounding so bad. I was literally walking drunk when I got up. I really believe that I might have died in my sleep, but I fought back to stay alive. Thank you for your time, Nicholas. P.S. To answer the question that is likely on your mind, yes, I do remember some of the names and figured out shortly after that there were dates also included in the information. In the Stories Revisited episode from April 2022, I shared a dream I had where I died, and I asked listeners to email me if they also experienced something similar. Nicholas, the part of your dream that worries me is that your brother John was trying to get you to leave with him, but he didn't seem to care about making that process comforting for you, which leads me to believe that it was something masquerading as John. Maybe he was being influenced by that man you didn't recognize. I'm glad you recognized what was happening and fought back. Although, if they ever return, they might try sneakier ways to trick you. Stay safe.
If you like what you heard and would like to support this independently run show, consider becoming a member of my Patreon. Hi there, this is Danny from Indiana, U.S. I joined Sapphire's Patreon because I fell in love with her storytelling style and just couldn't get enough and I knew that I wanted more. My absolute favorite thing about being a patron is the amazing Discord community and the psychic parties where you get a safe space to talk to like-minded people. It's just very comforting and very relaxing. So please, if you're willing and you want to support her, come join her Patreon because we would love to meet you. Visit patreon.com slash stories with Sapphire to learn more. Thanks for joining me today. What are the ways death has appeared to you? Send me an email at storieswithsapphire at gmail.com. Your story could make it onto the podcast or on my live stream at youtube.com slash sapphiresandalo. And did you know that I offer bone and tarot readings? You can schedule a session at storieswithsapphire.com. Salamat and good night. Stories with Sapphire is created and produced by me, Sapphire Sandalo. Music written by Sapphire Sindalo. Special thanks to Michael, Jackie, Heather, and Nicholas. For more information on the show, visit storieswithsapphire.com. <laughs>